0: Welcome to Automotive Insiders, the podcast series presented by OESA, the Original Equipment Suppliers Association. You'll hear from automotive industry experts on the critical issues that are impacting the mobility landscape get actionable insights on how to thrive in Automotive 2.0. Now, here's your Automotive Insiders host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome to Automotive Insiders presented by OESA. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer and host. Happy to be here with one of our regular guests, one of our favorites. I shouldn't tell him that so nobody else gets jealous. It's Tom Madonna at SAP. Tom, we're here on Zoom. I wish our I wish our listeners could see us. Maybe we'll post it on LinkedIn or on Facebook one of these days. Tom, how have you been? We just finished Thanksgiving today. Full disclosure, we're recording this podcast episode on November 30th, 2020. Can't wait for the year to be over. Tom, have you been? Give me a little update. And in case there are two people out there who don't know you, shame on them. Tell us who you are. Go ahead, Tom Madonna.
2: Thanks, Bonnie. Tom Madonna, industry executive advisor for SAP. I, with my colleague, uh, Bill Newman, are responsible for the North America market in regards to everything that uh, does, works, moves, and are part of automotive, Let it be heavy equipment, truck, or or light passenger. And what does that really mean? That really means uh, helping SAP look at the industry, taking the customer's perspective, and then basically equifying that into uh, our ecosystem so that we are listening to them and, and bringing solutions to them.
1: Thank you, Tom. And let's talk about a couple topics today. Very interesting. You told me you want to talk about, I'm looking for the title here, How is Industry 4.0 Impacting the Automotive Industry? And we're going to look at it from various perspectives, Tom. First, products. And people and processes. Those are the three P's, I guess. So, Industry 4.0, one of my favorite topics because I produce and host a show for SAP called Industry 4.0 in the Intelligent Enterprise, the future of Industry 4.0. So, Tom, let's start out with how is it impacting automotive? Let's take the big view first and then we'll do a deeper dive. Go ahead, Tom. Sure.
2: And, and we did have this topic uh, in, a, in one of those podcasts where we talked about the driver versus the rider. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was a nice uh, segment. But I think part of what you're seeing right now, particularly with an OSA and the membership and, and, and I welcome everybody who's listening to this. But one of the things I take back, you know, Industry 4.0 is, is now just coming out, but it's also coming out in the middle of something that's been amplifying the whole situation being COVID-19 and the execution. And, and I, I heard something this past week that really kind of shot a, a note into me. And that was Barbara Walters, many years back, warned us, warned us, warned us. This is 2020. So now we can all talk about, you know, she had that, she predicted that and what it meant. So as we start to think through what the execution is, I mean, Industry 4.0 is the new execution, the new industry revolution of, of technology and, and what the suppliers and OEMs and dealerships are using with that technology. How is it being strung together? Um, how are the products now being used or, or even becoming a platform to be used uh for service and, and mobility execution. So th- as the as the industry, as the as the OEMs, the platform providers start to build out, they're building an ecosystem up and downstream from design through operate. And as you start to look at what does that mean, the technology is part and main portions of it. And it's impacting not only the product with the technology going into the product, it's impacting the people in regards to the education they have to have to actually build these cars and put that technology into it. And it's also impacting the processes that go with it in regards to an optimization supply chain. So one of the things that came out of the barometer this past quarter from OESA was those pieces. And secondarily, I'll even give a shout out to the OESA conference that occurred in November mm-hmm. where one specific day was laid out in regards to the future of the, of the car. You know, what does the future of the car mean? And everyone basically throughout the whole conversation, every panel spoke up, talked about that technology and what it meant. And how they needed that information almost instantaneously, and so as the industry 4.0 basically lays out that platform, the education of that platform, the use of that platform is changing everything within the industry. It's becoming faster, it's becoming more nimble, and it's also becoming something that everyone's latching onto, irrespective of how you use that information or how you are impacted by the ecosystem itself.
1: Thank you, Tom. Interesting, very important topic. Let's do a little bit of a deeper dive now. What will be the biggest, or boldest, or maybe biggest and boldest? I'll let you decide that. Imperatives that OEMs and suppliers will have to undertake, need to undertake, required to undertake to fully realize the benefits of what we're calling industry four data. What's your perspective? I'll,
2: I'll give you two perspectives on this. One is one is kind of an OEM a platform manufacturing piece, and the second is actually going to be everyone that's impacted by that. Uh, you start to see some of the things within the OEM itself. So the OEM's making decisions in regards to how they're going to get into EV or AV or how they're going to expand. Are they going to drop particular uh, light passenger and only move to truck? So all of those things are actually moving at a very, very uh, fast speed. I and mean, you, know, you saw certain things where, you know, GM made an announcement, uh, did an, uh, a joint venture and then basically got out of it just today. And so the speed of impact to the, OEM, uh, to the OEM and what they're going to do to actually benefit from themselves is the first piece. How bold is that? Do they want to get in hydrogen? Do they want to stay in electric? Are they going to move to AV? All are bold predictions and execution. When you start to think of you know, some of the uh, regulations that are coming out, not only in the North America market, but European market where combustion engines at this point in time are, are being uh, sunset and or not being sold, California making a statement of 2025 or 2030, whichever one will actually get signed and not being able to sell a combustion engine anymore. That's going to drive a different piece. If you look at the OEMs and the execution of what they're looking at, they're trying to look at a 25 to 45% inclusion of EV vehicles in their in their lineups. That's bold. I mean, at this point in time, when you're talking about an 8 to 10% market share at this point in time, if you're not talking Tesla, then you have to, have to see some long-term and, and short-term executions on those supply chains. On the second piece, you also see a new directional change within a lot of these mega tiers. And so, when you start talking about things like Magna and, and, and others who have now raised their hand and said, "I'm going to start producing electric vehicles because I can and I will," so you're looking at a, a change in regards to tier ones moving up, and you look at it, OEMs moving down when they start to manufacture their own batteries. And, and the execution is going along with that. And you see Ford, you know, just announced this morning about uh, picking Europe to be one of the platform executions for their new battery execution to supply the European plant. So, a lot of those predictions are speed, execution, and change. And one thing you'll see in regards to all this is it's going to require data and it's a very hard technology for them to do that. And it's going to be the ability that is just starting in regards to being able to talk to your suppliers, to your customers. And reaction times that come back to it. those are going to be the, the main predictions in regards to the bold. Now, with that said, I would also take a next piece and I didn't go one step further. And that is, I think some of the conversations that even Bill brought up with uh, his previous podcast in regards to speed and regards to business value. And that is the speed, the value, the execution, all these decisions are be based upon one thing and one thing only the bottom line. What's the business imperative? What's the business outcomes that they're going to be looking at to go through this process? And Industry 4.0 is just a platform to utilize to go through that. And I think part of what you're seeing as we speak today is if the business impact is there, if the business is growing, if you're going to be able to go upstream or downstream in your virtualization, then they are doing that very quickly. And so money it will drive all of these predictions based upon where they see the market going and how fast can they get there.
1: Interesting, Tom. Coming out of, well, we know earlier this year toward the beginning of the the start of the pandemic becoming global and serious, uh, I believe the automotive assembly line, the factories were shut down for something like 45 days, and now it sounds like there's no time to sit back and think about it. There's no time to say what will be. You have to seize it, right? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Seize the industry. Where do you want to go? And And bottom line, The money, what's the business outcome? How do you get there from here? That's why I'm so glad we're talking to you today before the end of the year. Let's go to another approach. You mentioned EV and AV. Well, let's do a couple of more predictions here, Tom Madonna. As combustion engines begin to be replaced with EV and AV platforms, who will be the winners and the losers, if you dare tell us that, in these changes? The OEM, the suppliers, or the aftermarket? Where do you see this all coming out?
2: I think it's going to be a little bit of all of the above. It's the OEMs and how fast an OEM can get a platform to market. It's not to say that I'm going to have two platforms or three platforms. You know, things like uh, you know Volkswagen make an announcement that 45% of their platforms are going to be EV-based by uh, the end of 2025. I think part of the, of the scenario in regards to this is a comment that was made by the CEO of Volkswagen. His comment is, "I want to have enough vehicles for." all but one particular customer. I don't want to have too many vehicles. I want to have just enough, but one less than the customers I have. So how fast can you actually build those vehicles, put them on the road? How fast are they going to be consumed? And is the network, is the info in- infrastructure ability to, to those based upon the execution? If you don't have charging stations, then it's going to be very difficult to use long haul execution. You start to see Charging stations going on, networks going in, you're going to see a faster adoption rate. What's interesting is the hydrogen engine was uh, something that was produced way back 10, 15, 12, 20 years ago and was shelved because no one wanted to go down that platform based upon what happened with, with petroleum. So the networks, the execution, the, the infrastructure has to be there to support those pieces. Zoom, prime example in regards to AV and the execution. It's all boundary fenced in regards to that. So how can you basically build a bigger boundary fence and or become something that's gonna be uh, autonomous in regards to the execution that doesn't have to have a boundary fence. We have a couple of suppliers we're dealing with right now that have got boundary fences within factories. So they've actually got automation going on within the factories and the plants and the arts. That's gonna to have to become the playground of North America for AV to become you know, a wide based execution model. But long and short, uh, the governmental agencies are driving you know, some of these direction changes, um, how fast they become profitable will drive others. I mean, the Prius wasn't profitable for for over 10 10 years. Tesla is just becoming profitable now. So it's going to be something not, not only does the public want it, but is the company that's actually producing going to be able to make the money to reward that company to continue to grow out those execution models.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it was a long game for a few companies you just mentioned. Absolutely. Very interesting. Is there, is there time to wait for a long game now or does it have to be much shorter, closer?
2: I think some of that goes back to the second question in regards to the biggest and, and uh, boldest predictions. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make a prediction based upon where you currently sit. You know, if you're, you're sitting in a situation where 75% of your, your product line is trucks and you don't have an execution model to do a, a EV truck, then you got a problem and you have to do some big, bold move to basically get into that market share. And that's where you see some of the things going on, even with the last podcast in regards to the capital. You know, mm-hmm. some of those suppliers are going to have that technology but are going to be cash strapped. So those are going to be prime examples for organizations, larger tier ones, or even OEMs to get into the technology execution at a quicker pace. But long and short, it's got to be money based. It's going to have to be something that's going to be profitable for those organizations to go do. But I think what's going to end up happening is, you know, it, it, those are the types of things they are going to end up seeing. You see that with the Hummer truck. You see that with mm-hmm. uh, some of the new pieces coming out. Competition and, and, and uh, your, your your competition and their execution in regards to it, Are you going to be the first? Or are you going to be the follower? Or are you going to be, you know, you know get there get hit them? And, and <laughs> that's going to be really going to be the execution model. You know, some of the models that have come up, some of those platforms that have been out there, some of those name brands that are no longer here, you know, mm-hmm. some of that was technology. Some of that was the ability to, you know, do you need four plates that are the same, you know, platform to be named four different things? It's no longer mm-hmm. you're you're buying into one platform as a as a kid and and then as a parent and then as a grandparent. You know, ultimately you may buy the one plate and and use it throughout the, the lifespan of the, of the vehicle.
1: Sounds like leadership needs to be bold, and forward looking, and well informed, and have a lot of timely and good data. Uh, We're going to leave it there because I want to squeeze in one more topic before we finish, Tom. Okay. How is technology changing the way people buy cars? This is interesting in a year of pandemic where we're told not to go places with or without a mask. The experiences people want or need in that process. And will these changes drive? I love the word of that when we're talking automotive drive, faster vehicle turnover. In other words, what does inventory look like for 2021? Tom, quick prediction. What do you see?
2: Um, I see an increase in production and an increase in in sales over the course of the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, some have predicted 36-month rebound. I think it's going to be faster than that. I think there has been a kind of what you saw in April. You, there is a, a pinned-up um, ability for some consumers in this in this time and age to be able to turn their vehicles over, and others may not. Be. But what you see happening, and we talked a little bit before we started the conversation about when and how people are going to basically use it. But the but the direction within the consumer products, let it be a cell phone or let it be a PC, is you're buying that next gadget because it has that next f- feature or function, et yep. cetera. And you start to see that with the vehicles. You start to see that with some of the uh, technology being put into the vehicles and the anti-lock brakes, the driver assisted execution, uh, et cetera. So the question really becomes, if you buy a vehicle today, and two days, you know, two years from now, the vehicle has all that on it, and you can basically, you know, go to sleep on the road if you prefer based upon having execution. You know, does that something that's going to basically drive that ex that that next purchase? I think technology in itself over the last five to ten years in in the automobile has been accelerated based upon consumer electronic and the direction that goes with it, and I don't see that changing. You know, as you start to see the AV and EVs and more technology and more you know, solid state execution parts going into the, into the vehicle, you see more technology, some more uh, experiences that uh, the drivers are going to be dri- asking for and driving in on our purchases. So I think the turnover is going to be faster for those individuals who want that. Whether everybody can afford it, different conversation. I mean, at this point in time, you start looking at some of the new platforms out, some of those new cars out that are only going to be EV based. And you're talking about 100000 $120,000 vehicle you know, yes, it's great. Yes, the technology is great. But, you know, I, you know, most people can't see me on the, on the phone, I do have a few little gray hairs. And at this point in time, my first house was less than that. So, you know, the question becomes, you know, who's buying the vehicles and, and how they go through. So, so technology is great. And the question is, is the consumer actually driving that in regards to their purchase? And, and is that something they want? And I think, the safety is probably the biggest thing. And you can see through the barometer on the second quarter of this year with an OESA, you can see with some of the supplier execution that occurred in the barometer third quarter, there's a lot of OEMs that are looking at that next piece. You know, what do they want in regards to the experience, the infotainer, the safety? And those are mm-hmm. going to drive that execution. And that technology, again, big, bold execution in regards to the OEMs and putting this technology in. I mean, my vehicle that I bought this year, which was a 2020 when I bought at the end of 19,
1: mm-hmm. I bought it because
2: of the technology, the performance, the engine, all of the gadgets, all of the, uh, the cameras, the, the front entertainment structure was all spot on. And, and that was the reason I purchased that vehicle. And at this point, guess what? 18 months later, there's new things out. Of course. Software's been updated, et cetera, which is interesting because yep. I can actually now download onto a USB card. A update to the software and I go plug it into my car and actually have the download. Now, if I do wish. it free, if I yeah. take it to the dealership, the dealership charges me for it. So of course. again, that's gonna be some of the things you're gonna to start to see in regards to the reusability and the long term direction of some of these vehicles is how adaptive are they? I think another quote that came out of uh of OESA uh, future of uh of the vehicle, uh and the conference was something to the effect of, we expect that a platform coming out today is only 45 to 50% fully utilized with technology until 12 to 18 months after it's been on the road.
1: Mm-hmm. So they're planning on
2: doing downloads and, and pulling things back and forth in regards to continuing to optimize that vehicle and add new functionalities in that vehicle so that you aren't having to basically turn that vehicle over like you're turning yourself over.
1: Thank you Tom. I I moved to Durham, you know where I am, Durham, North Carolina from Long Island, New York, where the Long Island Expressway is called the world's longest parking lot because you don't go very 55 posted speed limit. You're lucky if you get to 40 most days maybe 55 and usually it's 15 or 20. And here on I40 in Durham the average daily speed middle of the day is 80 miles an hour. So I upgraded my sports car, which was fine. I just wanted something that felt a little more solid, a little newer to another one. So I could be very, very comfortable, but it's a 2015. It's a 2015. I bought it a year and a half ago. And the GPS, the built-in is the old map from before my community was even built. Now they wanted many hundreds of dollars to update that. So I just used my GPS on my phone and I'm just fine. So that was where technology was not allowing me an easy or a cost-effective upgrade. But I digress. Tom, we have exactly a minute and a half left, and I want to make sure you get a chance. And thank you for your predictions and your insights. It's always a pleasure. I always learn so much from you. Tom and Donna, quick shout-out for the holidays to anybody or everybody. Go ahead. and give you about 30 seconds. Tom and Donna, what do you say? I'd like to
2: thank everybody for, for listening. I'd also like to wish everyone a happy holidays, irrespective of what you're celebrating. (laughs) Um, 2020 is coming to a close and no, it's not the wine, but at this point in time, we, uh, we have 21 coming in and hopefully with the, uh, introduction of the vaccine, uh, we can get back to, uh, uh, some civilization of normal, uh, irrespective of what that normal happens to be, but happy holidays to all listening. And, uh, by all means, uh, end up the the year and, and start afresh.
1: Thank you. And thanks for your insights and your optimism. Be bold, be meaningful, be intentional in automotive and the supplier industries. Tom and Donna, thank you. Happy holidays to you, whatever you're celebrating. And I hear you'll be in my neck of the woods next week. Just Wave hello. That's as close as we're going to get without masks or with masks on. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Thank you to Adam Slayman at OESA for managing and sponsoring Automotive Insiders and everybody else he works with. And I'm just going to say, be safe, be smart, be savvy, and stay sane. 2021 is coming. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Automotive Insiders, presented by OESA. Listen at your convenience to industry thought leaders as they discuss the ever-evolving industry and how companies can thrive in the new mobility landscape. All episodes are on demand on the Voice America Business Channel and at OESA.org. Automotive Insider is presented by the Original Equipment Suppliers Association.